and welcome to Pod on the Dog, episode 19. A big thank you to Natural Instinct for sponsoring this podcast. I love Natural Instinct for all my dogs, including for my puppies. They do pre-prepared, balanced, raw puppy diet that's apparently 100% yum. And I can relax and know that they're getting all the nutrients needed to grow into the mega babes that they're destined to be. Now enter discount code Verity15 at the checkout to receive 15% off. Now, I'm your host, Brody Hardcastle. You can find me at Brody Hardcastle on Instagram to follow all the latest shenanigans in dogdom. Now, on to my guest. Joining me this week is someone that I greatly admire in the industry, not just for being an all-round good egg, but for her dedication to educating and her knowledge of canine anatomy, physiology, and biology that honestly is blooming veterinary level. She's a fantastic groomer, handler. She's a credit to our industry and a lover of a shaggy dog. It's Julie Harris. Hi, Julie. Hello. What a wonderful introduction. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm blushing. I'm blushing. You can't see it, though. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me, Julie, honestly. Now, can you remind me about how it all started? Let's rewind to the beginning. How did your journey into your career with dogs start? Oh, my goodness. How long have we got? Um, you'll have a potted version because I've been I've been mm-hmm. in the industry for over 40 years. So we'll have to condense this down. So I yeah, started, a synopsis. Yeah, just a synopsis. So <laughs> I started um, work experience in the kennels. Happened to be a really influential kennels. Um, one of the, the first kennels that introduced briards into the country. So that's where I met my briards and that's mm-hmm. where the love stayed. Um, and then... Um, my father comes from a really big banking background, so and my sister was into that sort of stuff as well. So um, he was quite disappointed, I think, that I was yeah. going to be picking up poo for the rest of my life. <laughs> so I decided to kind of look around and see if, um, you know, there was anything within this industry. And I, I hit on dog training um, and also dog grooming and uh, went and did a course, simple as that. Mm-hmm. And in those days, there was no qualifications, so you just literally went and did a course. And then I worked in a little shack at the back of the um, the kennels for a few years. And then, in all honesty, in in those days, there was just no money to be made in grooming. No, it wasn't. It isn't the career it is now. I mean, wow, how things have changed in just 10 years, right? So I kind of left that, kept it as an enjoyable hobby, carried on grooming, carried on with the dogs. And I went and worked for um, Boots the Chemist and worked in retail and retail management and did all their Mm. management courses. Um, uh, And I worked for them for over 15 years. And then um, PetSmart came into the country. And I can remember driving to work one day, seeing a sign PetSmart coming. And I thought, oh, my God oh, my God, oh, my God, if only, if only. And, uh, yeah, they had grooming salons, and I went. Did you know I did not know that they were in the UK. Yeah, pets. So they came and then went. Yeah, well, they came and got bought out. That's what happened. Yeah. So they came, and um, I totally blagged the interview. Absolutely. Totally blagged the interview. <laughs> Gifted the gal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't. I, they, they, I had to do a skills test, and I panicked. And um, didn't, didn't finish, didn't finish the dog at all. <laughs> and I left, and they, <laughs> they still gave me the job. No but, way! Yeah, and because of my management background, um, I kind of shone in that area. So that, you know, within a few months, I was looking after sort of eight of their salons, and uh, yeah, then they got taken over, and, and one thing or another, and then um, I worked with um, Nikki Mills, mm-hmm. um, and. 
she's kind of like, I don't know, her and Mel have kind of like really influenced me in the beginning because Mel was working for um, Pets at Home then um, Mm. or PetSmart at the same time. And Nikki Mills literally walked into the salon one morning and said to me, we're going to do our qualifications this year. Oh, really? And that was it? And that was it. That was literally it. I mean, I'd always loved dogs, always loved, you know, knowing about dogs. Mm -hmm. But she literally walked in and went, we're going to do this this year. And I was You're like, like, okay, yeah, okay, let's. Okay, let's yeah. do that then. So, so, so you know, all thanks to Nikki Mills, really, because, um, you know, I probably I probably would have got there eventually, but no, yeah. And then as soon as I jumped on the education, started to do my level three, then that was it. I was just flipping hooked. It was amazing. Yeah, well, you got the education bug, uh, bug didn't you? I mean, you've spent a lot of time educating yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah. And others about, yeah, about the finer points of canine anatomy yeah and uh, uh, all aspects of dog but you really seem to have specialized in canine anatomy so what really sparked your interest in this area um I think with the I think to me I realized that canine anatomy solves so many of the problems we have Mm. you know so many groomers struggle with getting um angulation Mm-hmm. If you know anatomy, you can do angulation. Mm-hmm. They struggle with restraining a dog properly. If you know anatomy, the restraints just, you know how to, you know where to put them. Handling of dogs, naughty dogs, fidgety mm-hmm. dogs, why are they fidgety? Working with elderly dogs, it all comes down to just this understanding of anatomy. And, you know, fundamentally, it's all about joints. And how they work. And if you just really get that in your head, you can just make the, the job so much more enjoyable and the groom for the dog so much more enjoyable. And yeah, you're, you're I, love, so right. I have a great appreciation of, of a dog, you know, its shape and, and what it was mm. bred to do. I get quite passionate about, you know, why, why is a Daxi a Daxi and why is a Greyhound a Greyhound? Why are they built like that? And I think it's fascinating. I really do. It really is. And I think as well, like to touch on what you said, if you can understand anatomy, I think you've got a better understanding of shape. And basically that's the fundamental thing. It's all right if you can put a nice scissor finish on it. But the most important thing is that we understand shape. Oh, yeah. And I mean, if you go to competitions, if you're quite a newbie and you go to competition and you kind of think you've picked out the winner and then, you know, somebody else gets put up and you're like, oh, I don't get why they didn't get mm. get sort of, um, you know, placed or anything like that. And then you get this appreciation of shape. Mm. You know, shape is so important. You know, you can make a dog look 10 years younger. You know, mm. you can make it look more elegant. You can make it just have more character. And we can correct so many things. Oh, my God. That's, that's my version of creative grooming. Mm. Um, you know, to me, creative grooming is, you know, what my mum used to say, you know, silk person sells ear <laughs> <laughs> We taking, know that one. Yeah, you know, taking a dog that really mm. hasn't, you know, has got a, you know, a bit of a wonky front or Queen Anne legs or no, no angulation in the back mm. or a bad tail set and just making it look amazing just by creating creating angles where they haven't got any but you have to have that basic um understanding of anatomy and physiology i mean Mm -hmm. physiology is supposed to be covered in level three but it's just oh my goodness i think they because i think people don't understand it it doesn't get taught and that's Mm. that's the real shame because physiology and it's a posh word for physics it's a posh word for movement how does a dog move simple as that it's all it's all it's all they should be taught you know level three is 
you know, does this leg lift this high comfortably? Mm. Yeah, exactly. Obviously, that's, that's so important, isn't it? Because, you know, yeah. and they go, oh, this dog doesn't like me holding its leg and the leg's jerking backwards and forwards. And you're like, well, if you just hold it two inches above where you're holding it, mm-hmm. it stops. It'll be yeah. much, much happier. But, you know, unfortunately, the, the, the thing with training is there's this romantic view of a pair of scissors and a comb, isn't there? And that's all. Mm. And I get it. I really do. You know, you want to become a dog groomer. All you want to do is grab, you just want a pair of clippers, don't you? You're like, oh, give me the clippers. I want to to clip some hair off. And you don't realize that there's just this huge foundation of knowledge that ideally you should have. But if you you joined a course and they were like, oh, well, in two weeks' time, you'll pick up a pair of scissors, you'd be like, oh, I don't want to be on that course. I want to be on the course that said on day one, I'll be scissoring. Yeah, I totally, yeah. Yeah, I I do get it. But I think what we what we need to try and encourage people to do is to go back and get that knowledge. Definitely, people should be educating themselves and continuing. I mean, continuing to educate yourselves. Like I know we were just talking about your book collection there, Julie. I mean, you never stop (laughs) educating yourself, so you can educate others even now. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I do love books. I do love books, and I enjoy um, the internet's amazing. And I, I spend for hours on Google, but I like a good book. And I use books, much to my husband's horror. I'll put a post-it note in a book. I've even, yeah. I'll highlight if there's a, a sentence in a book good, that I yeah. don't understand, I'll put mm-hmm. a question mark. It's your book, it. so why not? 100%. Well, he thinks I should have two. He thinks I should have one. <laughs> one for best that I don't touch and one that I can um literally you know put graffiti on he's he's happy with that so is he fine. one of these uh book people that like gets a new book and doesn't bend the spine because oh, i get yeah. my book and i like flatten out that spine oh yeah 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 and he's got special things you know for cleaning them and i'm like that oh, oh wow he is a bookie yeah. yeah yeah so it's fine it's fine we get on all right <laughs> <laughs> Now, it's so important, isn't it, that we understand how dogs put together so that we can understand how to handle them better. What are your basic points that you tell, well, I suppose anybody who wants to listen about canine anatomy, points that you feel are really essential that people need to know? I think a lot of it is is look. Just, just look at the dog. When it arrives, even when it's walking into the salon, you can tell so much from the way a dog holds its head, mm-hmm. um, how it's walking, mm-hmm. whether it's got um, a pottery gait, whether it's extending its legs. And then you kind of get an appreciation of the fact that actually a terrier is got a much, much different gait in the walk. If yeah. you saw a wire fox terrier coming down the road, it would be walking totally different. Their range of movement to, is totally different, isn't it? Their stride, length, everything. Mm-hmm. If a gold retriever came down the road, you'd be seeing a different movement in it. So what you have to kind of think to yourself is because they move differently, therefore I should be handling them differently. Mm-hmm. You can't pick up the leg of a golden retriever the same way as you pick up the leg of a wire fox terrier and get the same results and get and get and and build a build a harmony with a dog. It's so also the thing about that point of balance, isn't it? Because if you've got yeah. a rectangular dog, oh totally, and you're taking away a table leg, yeah, yeah, that's what I kind of always teach. I say. Think of them as a table. You know, the kennel clubs say there are two shapes of dog, and, and basically that's it, square and rectangle. And if you can recognise whether the dog on your table is square or rectangle or not, then you're, you're onto a winner. You've, you've, you know, you're fine. And mm. just joints. 
understand what joints do. Ball and socket joints do totally different things to what a lever joint does. And if you try and lever a ball and socket or mm. rotate a lever, mm. again, the dog is just going to struggle and it's not going to want to be with you. And then some people might mistake that for being the dog being a bit awkward. Well, this is it. And what happens is, you know, you put a neck noose on incorrectly, a dog will want to sit down. It's, it's you know, if the head comes up, the bum has to go down. That's simple gravity, mm-hmm. you know. And if you think of yourself when you try, when you're getting out of a chair, the first thing you do is put your head forward to, to get your bum up. Yeah, you do. And you do. That's exactly what you do. So, and the dogs have to do that as well. So if we've restrained them in a way that they can't move their head, then we're literally you know, not allowing them to just stand naturally on the table. Mm. And what happens is the dogs sit down and, you know, to a novice groomer, the solution is to put a belly strap on it. Yeah. And some yeah. dogs, you know, we've had terriers are the, are the worst, I think, because they, they need to be in control. That's their temperament. Then, mm. you know, and if you over-restrain a terrier, you end up with them, you know, ultimately doing almost like a crocodile roll. Like a spin, I was just yeah. thinking. You're going to, yeah. And you don't, it doesn't need to happen. If you can just look, I've got a square dog. He needs to be able to use his head this way. You know, there's, there is so much to learn, but it's, mm. it's a lovely subject. And as soon as, you know, if people come to one of my seminars or one of my talks and they just get a tiny bit of information, all I want to do is to spark an interest for people to go oh or try and I try and get just that little bit of awareness isn't it after I think after hearing your talk of like the hip joint you see so many people trying to do the hygiene and they'll lift the hind leg way over the dog's back well it's not that yeah that's not you know and then you think you just have to sometimes is they don't use the stifle joint it's that movement comes from the knee Mm. You know, if, if you've ever tried to bring your leg up to own up your own groin, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a lot easier with a bent Only knee. Only on high days and holidays. <laughs> Trust me, it's, it's a lot easier with a bent knee, especially when you get to yeah. holidays. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> no, definitely. I also, like, I always think when I'm handling a dog's feet, for instance, I always think of it like I'm shoeing a horse. So I'll start with my hand on the shoulder and I'll move my hand down the leg yeah. so they can anticipate that they need to readjust their point of balance because I yeah. need to have a look at their foot. Yeah. And if you just can get into that routine of just putting your hand on the shoulder and obviously and then moving it down the leg so they're aware of what, yeah. you know, my dogs understand my routine, how I work, that you're aware you're going to take a leg away rather than just sort of taking the leg away. Then yeah. they're going to be and so much happier as well, aren't they? You just you need to just warn them of of your intention, and it it doesn't have to be you know anything elaborate. It's literally just a little bit of pressure with your a hand, touch, and yeah, yeah. 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 Come on, this one, yeah. And dogs are not stupid. If you do that with with every leg on a dog, by the time you get to the fourth leg, they've cottoned on and they pick it up anyway. They're like, oh, you want one of these? Oh, you have to have one. It's fine. Yeah, uh, I do. I do like it, and especially you know puppies are so vulnerable and. It is, it is tough. This job is hard, mm. really hard. And, you know, I'm just trying to make their lives a bit easier with the groomers, to be fair. I just want them to, you know, if they, if they just have a basic understanding of anatomy, their jobs will be so much easier. Definitely. Uh, we, will, we will carry on the crusade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Now, I did a lot of research into a dog's skin and when I was studying my hires, my city and guilds. Oh, yeah. Uh, hires. Why is it so important that you have at least a basic knowledge of the composition of the dog's layers of skin? Um, for me, I think it's important because our job really as a groomer is to do no harm. That's the way I see it. Um, and products, for the nature of what they do, um, you know, are... You know, a shampoo is not meant to really be kind. It's meant to remove. It's meant to, you know, people say, oh, it strips the coat. It's quite an aggressive word to use, but it does remove the oils. That's what it's meant to do. It's meant to remove the oils, remove any buildup of sebum. And um, excuse the briards. Oh, no, it's not authentic. It's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, yeah, so they are, um, I don't like to use the word aggressive, but they are, you know, harsh in their nature because of, mm. of the job they do. So anything above the skin, so the top layer of the skin is dead. So whatever we do, they're going to shut up now, is temporary. <laughs> you know, you're yeah. not going to, if you put a cream on top of dead skin, um, you know, it's going to take forever to penetrate. It really mm. is. No, mm. so, you know, and, and with the hair, you know, hair that's, you know, our hair is dead. As soon as it comes out of the follicle or uh, the skin layer, it's dead. Yeah, that's yeah. mind-blowing, isn't it? You just... It is. Otherwise, can you imagine if it was alive? Every time we had a haircut, oh, we'd be like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yes. oh. I mean, so it's quite hard because I try and say to students, you know, the hair's dead. But you forget that your hair's dead. Hair's I just dead. think my hair's dead when it sheds out, you know. No, no, when it's, it's in my brush. Oh, that's dead. Yeah, it's, you know, it's dead. Otherwise, you know, the dogs will be reacting every time we cut a tiny bit. Yeah, of it's true. So it's anything true. you do to skin or hair is always going to be a temporary measure. Mm. And damage is inevitable because it's it's dead. You know, it's not a living thing. Uh, the top layer of the skin's not living. It's, it needs sloughing off. So we just need to make sure that we, we care for that skin. And mm. you need to understand how skin grows and, and you know, if there's a lesion on the skin, how that's going to affect whether, you know, bacteria and all that sort of thing. Mm, so, yeah. Um, and choice of shampoo is really important. Yeah. And also making sure that you dilute as per. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's a, it's a really big subject. I mean, our bodies and also dogs' bodies are always trying to, um, to sort of get homeostasis. They're trying to get this perfect balance. So they want the perfect balance on the skin, the perfect balance inside. So everything just works so beautifully. Mm. And as dogs get older and as we get older, we lose collagen in our skin. You know, everything. Oh, just God, do I know. Oh, sorry. Dreading I it. But it's the same with dogs. You yeah. see dogs, you know, elderly dogs that sag, you know, the collagen's mm. going. So, you know, just having an understanding of that is really important. Mm. it's uh, again i find skin and you, i see it a lot with elderly i mean i've grown an awful lot of elderly dogs and um like just because a lot of my clients have been with me for such a yeah, long time yeah. you know that i'm with their i'm on their second dog or, or mm. almost or i deal with a lot of geriatric dogs and you see i see it a lot with them like losing that skin and coat condition yeah dramatically and also, as, as they get older, I mean, they get a lot of hormone problems. So whether mm. it be like Cushing's or thyroid and skin and hair is so hormone driven. So 100%, yeah. we see it, we see it so early on in the, the life stage of a, a dog with thyroid, 
you know, we see a bit of translucent skin. Mm. I mean, Cushing's is terrible because they, they just, their skin almost goes so thin, mm. you know. And so, you know, if, if the hormone balance is great, then everything's fine. But, you know, as, as, as people go, you know, as they get older and as dogs get older, unfortunately, you do see these yeah. changes. So we want to be, you know, trying to, um, we're never going to be able to restore anything. You know, I, I'm always very um, dubious when I read products and they go, you know, to restore this and restore that. I'm like, you're not going to be able to restore. What we want to do is we want to be kind mm. to whatever stage that skin is at. And because we haven't got x-ray vision, we can't see if a dog problem. So mm. we just have to not make any more problems and we have to work with what we've got. A dog with a dry skin will itch and itching is pain in the backside you know it can cause all sorts of other problems you know because they do themselves damage often then they They yeah then they're causing lesions on the skin aren't they and so our job is to keep a skin as supple and as moist as possible and not dry it out really and if we get confronted with the dry skin then we want to make sure that we give it a a good clean to remove the dry skin because that's what's irritating the dog and make sure that the products we're using are, are not too harsh to you know, to cause it. So, you know, pH, and that can be down to also, um, you know, I always try and when people sort of recommend shampoos, they go, oh, I love this and I love that, or I found that rubbish. And I'm like, you know, years ago, I don't know if you remember when when we were competing, you used to get so many shampoo samples, didn't you? Oh, yeah, loads. Like, we used to get like a goodie bag when we used to compete, didn't we? It It was was absolutely, and it was full of samples. That gave you the opportunity. I mean, that would supply me for like, three weeks <laughs> I know you the opportunity yeah. in your salon with your type of water whether it be hard and soft mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. you had to try these shampoos and go do you know that one's brilliant you know and and you know your neighbor a couple of counters along might go I didn't like that very much and you're thinking oh why what did I like about it and it's as simple as you know your water pressure yeah. um, your, your type of water you've got so mm-hmm. it's not like a one-size-fits-all but nowadays no. we don't seem to get any samples to to have a try I know it's, it know. is actually such a shame that we don't get it the samples is. anymore because I absolutely I mean I love a product and yeah. I love testing the products out and so that I could understand how products work better as well it's yeah. you know I might, you know, I might love it. I might not too sure, but then you can understand what don't I like about this? Why don't I like it? What what is it about this product that doesn't work for me? Yeah. And there's a brilliant book by um, Barbara Bird. It's Mm. Suds and Scents. And she, fabulous book. And she's almost like she's written a course throughout it and she gives you little things to do. So I go off and start reading labels and jotting stuff down. Mm. But she really, you know, she knows, her, she knows her stuff, doesn't she? Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, how yeah. products work, what they're doing to the skin. Mm. And, you know, and as I say, you know, our job is to just do no harm. You know, don't make anything worse. And if you can make it better, then that's brilliant. That's yeah. What you should be doing. That's so fascinating. It's a brilliant subject. Now, Julie, you handle Briards in the show ring. Oh. What are they like as a breed to handle? <laughs> <Don't love. laughs> and do you, do you have any oh advice for anyone? God. How to be yeah. a great handler of these big, large breeds or large breeds in general, really? Well, I mean, I'm not a good handler, though, Verity. <laughs> my, my dog showing is my passion. It's, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I've done all the exams. I've done everything, but I, I don't want to judge because when I go to a show, I want to 
sit by the ring with my catalogue and my dog and I want to... And you could put tea and watch. Yeah, and, you know, I've got... I've, I've had friends in dogs for forever and, um, you know, I, I joke with, a, with, a, with my very best friend that, you know, when we're old and retired, we're going to sit by the ring, fall asleep, smell of wee and our glasses. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And that's like the ultimate. I just want to, you know. So I'm not a brilliant handler, in all honesty. Um, I, I, yeah, I mean, I get, of all the things I do, um, um, I don't suffer with nerves apart from when I've got a dog in the ring. Me too. Do you know what? Um, I was speaking to Alison as well last week. And she she was the first person who I've interviewed who said that who yeah don't really get nervous for show. Oh my gosh, I used I don't to get break it. Anything I don't you know, get. Isn't nervous. that weird? You know, I do I, as I well. Care well for I don't bits before I go into a dog show. I arrive. I arrive. I'm coming in from the car park, and I'm literally, what the hell are you doing here? Why? Have you <laughs> I don't know, why do we do it? But you just you just driven three hundred mm-hmm. miles mm-hmm. to sit here and get a paper. <laughs> That you probably won't even get, and yeah. you're and paid I'm, all this money, and I'm like, you're the one that's going to fuck it up, Julie. You're the one because you're going to go in there. But um, I think, I think what the advice I would give is, I do enjoy it and I do love it, but I do do ask the right people when you're handling. Ask people that are that are you know blunt and you know really will tell you what you think, and and just be able to take criticism. Mm. I mean, I've got some really good friends in dogs that are very high up now. You know, we've been we've been in dogs since we were teenagers, and they're they're awarding tickets, they're doing groups, and mm. you know, I'm like their secret friend that nobody knows I know them. Secret you know what I mean? Friend. And people are like, people are like, oh, how do you know him? I'm like, oh God, know him for ages, you know. Yeah. But yeah, so and I do take the criticism, and I do try and do, and I try and prepare. Um, I think good dog people are good at that, though. I think they're good at delivering blunt criticism. They are. Yeah. They are. They're really harsh. hundred percent. But then you get used to it and, you know, I quite like it. I mean, I've come out of the ring and I've only I've been placed or something like that. And then they look at you with a stony face and, they, and I go, oh, I just got a third. Well, you should have been, should have been second if you hadn't have fucked it up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes, yes. Calm down. <laughs> or Julie, or Julie, I'll be there, you know, when I first started showing my poodles proud of, uh, proudest punch, you know, <gasps> look what I did with its hair, you know, and they'd be looking at me like, oh God, it's all wrong. It's all wrong. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, crushed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, although I remember once I took one of my briards in and, that, and the whole talk of the of the ring was, you've trimmed its feet. I know I've trimmed its feet. It looks better, doesn't it? You can't trim its feet. It's really natural. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, so all I would say is, I mean, I do practice. I enjoy practicing. I have a mirror in the garden. Oh my gosh. You are professional. Well, not professional because I'm rubbish. I will stack the dog in front of it to make sure I'm getting in stacked right. That's a really good tip, actually. Do you know what? I'm going to have to get a mirror in my garden. Yeah, so just, I just prop it up against the wall and then I can see what the judge is. Well, I get my husband to take pictures and then I look at them. But, you know, by the time you faffed around, you just think, get an old mirror. 100%. That's a great idea. And also, I'm putting it on my to do list now. (laughs) (laughs) You know your dog. Um, you know, all of mine are outgoing, which is nice, and all the ones that I've ever had are outgoing. So I've never had to g up a nervous dog. I've always had to. I've always been on the, you know, keep them steady. 
calm them down. Mm. You know, don't run too fast because they'll bite your ass. That sort of thing. Because oh, terrible. I actually got the reserve ticket at Bath, and we went round at the end, and they were like, "Oh, do your lap of honour." And I thought, you know, he's worked so hard. I'm not gonna correct him. So we just ran round the ring. <laughs> I got bitten twice on the ass. I was like that. I should have had more control. So, but That's they, excellent. the Brias are fine. I mean, I've had two that have been particularly hard. I've had my my beautiful bitch Faith. Um, she she was a real crowd pleaser, and I can remember one cross. Um, we always used to back onto the German Shepherd ring, and as we were going around doing our turn to go around the ring, they obviously mm-hmm. must have awarded something in the German Shepherd ring. So everyone started cheering. Literally erupted absolutely erupted now any other normal dog would have gone like oh, oh my god what was that oh my god yeah that's yeah, yeah faith was just like oh my god my public they love me <laughs> <laughs> and i couldn't do a thing with her she was absolutely on two legs going amazing <laughs> they adore me and i got back to the judge and he said do you want to do that again and i said oh yes please Went off again. No, there was no way. She was like, oh, we're doing it again. Oh, there, was no co- there was no coming yeah. back from it. So, so I got back to the judge and he just went to me, okay, that's fine. I've seen enough. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> what, the kangaroo? <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. So that's me not getting placed. So, yeah. Oh, but she was, and she was, and Leroy, who I've got at the minute, he's, um, he's very much, um, you know, he's, he's hard work. He is. Um, mm. he, nearly, he nearly pulled me out of the ring at Southern Counties because I left my bag outside the ring. Oh, and it had food in it? No, no, not at all. He he knew I'd left my bag out there. And as we were going round, the Sheltie was sniffing it and he was like... Oh, okay. No one's touching mummy's bag. No, no. Not having that. So out we went. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose as well with a big dog like that, you haven't got much choice, especially no, when you're running. No, no choice at all, but... Yeah, generally, you know, Leroy is um, probably the nicest Briard I've had. Faith was as well. She was beautiful. She unfortunately died quite young, so we didn't really get a chance to, to um, you know, campaign her to her fullest. But uh, Is Leroy the dog that you fell over on camera? Yes. <laughs> but no, Stuart, who was it? It was a Briard that you, you said you had, you fell over a Briard yes, because. I'm wondering if it was Rory. Because apparently they're always laying right next to your feet oh, yeah, when you're grooming. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the joy of Briards is they, if you, you know, you'll never go to the toilet alone if you own a Briard. They're just, and it's like I've shut the door on the office and mm. um, they like, they've got this thing about access all areas. They're like. So they'll be laid outside the door. Shut you yeah. shut the door for that's <laughs> you know so they'll all be either trying to batter it down or come in so they're they're very very family orientated they're that's amazing well we actually and um, we're going to do breed focus later we're going to talk about the breed a little bit more. oh right okay I'll, a couple I'll more questions <laughs> <laughs> it's been a crazy couple of years hasn't it but obviously yeah. now we're sort of peeping over the parapet of the pandemic <laughs> what's your plans for the rest of the year um it's nice to be back at the shows so I'm I'm going to continue to campaign my boy whenever I can. I yeah. love the new, I love the new format of the shows. Love it. Mm-hmm. I love all the gazebos. Love it. I don't want to go back to the tents. So I'm happy with that. Um, we've got um, my education. We're going on the road. So in October we're doing a college tour because wow. is it time, called Julie Harris Education then? Yeah, it's the Julie Harris Education. So we're going on on the road, which will be which will be great. I'm looking forward to that. Um, 
because we started a study group to, I'm trying to think, right at the beginning of the pandemic. And that was purely because, oh, excuse me, the um, city and guilds postponed their exams. So the students were fine, works fine. We're in mm. a pandemic, we haven't got to worry. And then all of a sudden they were sent this curveball that there was going to be an exam in September. And, of course, none of them had been to college. The colleges, oh, yes. I know, it was hideous. And I was talking to Joe, and I said to her, this is madness. These yeah. poor people, if, I, if that was me, I'd be absolutely freaking out. The fact that I thought I wasn't going to have an exam and then, oh, by the way, in eight weeks' time you've got an exam. Yeah. Because no a lot of these people might be, you know, super busy. A lot of, I know when I did my groomer training initially, I was holding down two jobs. Yeah. You know, you know, so hard. it's so, trying to find that time, isn't it, it to is. revise? So we decided to start this impromptu study group on Facebook and just kind of went, if you're level three and you're doing your exam, join the group and we'll help you whenever we can. That's so, a great idea. Yeah. So I did I did about six or seven live lessons because obviously I used to teach the level three. Mm. Um, you know, we set them, we gave them handouts, we did all sorts of things. So that really took off and then – we kind of thought, oh, that's fine. We supported them. And then we had people going, well, I'm taking my exam in November. You, mm. You're not going to help me with that. We were like, oh, okay. And so it continues. <laughs> we'll going then. And then they went, well, what about, I'm, I'm not doing my exam till June next year. And you, you, you know, you can't close the group. So we did this June exam. Um, so we, we've done three lots of exams and the students have just been really lovely. Um, so we decided to do a college tour. So to kind of, meet everybody in person and, and, you know, deliver some, some good education. So, yeah, so we're going to, um, what's confirmed so far? So we're going to Lillifassie in Wales. We're going mm-hmm. to Rittle College um, in Chelmsford. We're off to Chichester College in Brinsbury. And then we've got another one that we're still waiting on confirmation of, which is up north. So Fabulous. Yeah, in October. So I really look forward to that. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. So we've got that happening. We've got lots happening with the spotlight. Yeah, so Groomer Spotlight, I'm a member. So we've taken, yes, I know. We've taken on a new business development manager and we're now in the throes of sort of talking to some very sort of high-profile public-facing companies that want to kind of, you know, come on board with us and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. So that's going from strength to strength. The website. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, phenomenal. We we, we employed... Um, uh, I'm um, a really good SEO um, uh, over lockdown, sort of. Uh, they they started with us in January. Mm. And uh, the website's just, you know, we're having over sort of 50,000 hits the website each month. No, Stuart had sent me a couple of, um, you know, the stats. And it, it was yeah. it was mind-blowing how many people were visiting. But the thing is, when you're, when you're not... When you're not stats-minded, you know, when they're saying to you, oh, you're getting 53,000 hits to the website each month, you know, Stuart and I are looking at each other going, well, it sounds good, but is it good? Is that yeah, good? what's that? Well, let's compare it. What's it? Yeah. You know, and then they go on about, oh, this increase, this many hits, and this is this is the organic search. And, you know, so, you know, Stuart and I have had to sort of like really have a, a baptism of fire of understanding what all this stuff mm. means. Um, and kind of, you know, embracing it all and, and, you know, spending the membership money where we think that is, you know, we're getting the best value for them. Yeah, it's and so then, funny as yeah. us dog people are blindly trying to work our way through all this business stuff. <laughs> I know it's horrible. It, it, it is, is, is Stuart's very 
very entrepreneurial. He's very, he likes running businesses. Whereas I'm very, um, you know, I mean, I deal a lot with the, the membership side of the spotlight and, you know, making sure the profiles are looking good and contacting people and, you know, this, that and the other and that sort of thing. So I'm very sort of like, I, I like talking to people and I like doing stuff for people. Do you mm. understand what I mean? Yeah. Whereas Stuart is is very much about, you know, the um, the more the business side of things and the focus side, which is great because it means we complement each other. Yeah, definitely. But, That's um, perfect partnership. It just, just brings its own stresses. Do you know what I mean? When, oh, of course. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm trying to understand about SEO and stats and yeah. Google is just like, you know, and what and is, and what's you know, well it's just horrible I feel like I don't I don't know I totally feel for you 100% because technology is not my friend most of the time I mean it's like it's like you know zoom. I mean we're using zoom and we're using teams and we're using all this sort of stuff now and you know I know not- do you know what my my London friends are saying like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm from North Yorkshire <laughs> so my Lon- my fancy London friends they you know they were talking about zoom years ago and you know oh I had to do this you know, meeting interface of conferencey thing online, blah blah blah. And I just remember just being like, my dog creamer, don't know about anyway. Look at us now on Zoom. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I did something the other day and I said to somebody, Oh, don't worry, I can do that for you. And I kind of came off the call and I was like, Oh my god, did I just oh, do that? <laughs> <laughs> 100%. We are multitasking ladies oh, right now. God. 100%. It's brilliant. It is good. It is very good. It's good fun. And your products, obviously, Julie Harris products. Yes. Yeah, so great the, guns, aren't they? Yeah, they're doing really well. We've been nominated for one of the awards. So I'm really, fingers crossed, that people get behind the coat management spray because we get um, such brilliant reviews and everything mm. about it. It was quite a while in the making and in the development of it. And that in itself is is a real it takes so long to develop. And if anybody knows Julie, everyone knows Julie will have done it right. Yeah, it just takes forever. So we've we've just about to launch um, a new product. So that's been the whole of lockdown. So 18 really? months. We started with the concept at the beginning of it. And went, Is it a shampoo? It's, it's a... Is I, it a I secret? Think, I'm just thinking, can I say? Yes, I, I don't know. I it's your, I it's up to you. It's fine, so I think it will. Okay, you so can do what you want then. <laughs> so we're bringing out a, um, a bar of soap. Oh, amazing. Yeah, so it's mainly for spot cleaning. Yeah. So it's for the insides of... Um, Legs and bums and... You know, where you oh, get Marcox terrors with them, horrible tarry feet, um, muzzles, bottoms, that great. sort of thing. So you wouldn't clean the whole dog with it. You would literally use it for that extra that extra spot. But actually, I've noticed that that sort of product is really popular with the at-home market, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and things like stud tail, if you do cats where you've got that horrible greasy area. So because it's in a bar and because it's a, a poured a poured solution it's not a um the way that we've had it made it's a poured solution and it sets therefore um you know it you can have a better formulation in that type of of product yeah Yeah. it's all been um you know in the development side of things we got what we wanted and I absolutely loved it and I can remember walking up to the bathing area and I had Joe my business partner on the phone and I said to her I've got my litmus paper please 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 let this be neutral if it's not neutral we've just got to it's go not, back that's to square it, yeah. one. we've got to go back to square one and start again 
So, you know, we were both like, oh, my God. So I'm there with my litmus paper and I and wet the soap and I put it on the soap and I was like, oh, my God. And it was absolutely bang on neutral. Wow, like, fantastic. Because you can, you know, you can go two or three points either way, you know, point of it, not a, not two, eight and nine, but... But you, but know, you smashed it out of the park. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Smashed it out of the park. So, so the soap, we've, we've had... Um, um several hundred made and we've had loads of samples made so we're going to be launching that oh gosh can't wait to see it yeah so i'll remind me and i think we've been asked to bring out a range for pet owners so um we've again been working hard in getting a range for pet owners Mm. so we've done that now so we're happy it's all ready and now well well, we've got this is what i mean it's so tough we've got six months of stability testing now so it's going to sit on a shelf for six months. Wow. Does it, not everybody does that then. Well, I do. I'm not having it. What you can't have is you can't have a product that sits on the shelf for six months and then somebody sprays on their dog and it's still not as good as the day it went in. Yeah. Otherwise you're going to have to recall and, Well, yeah. it's not going to happen, you know, because mm. these are people's pets and, you know, so, so yeah. So, and that's really for the, the groomer market as well for mm. them to sell to their clients fabulous that's so yeah. good yeah yeah that's amazing so, so yeah we've got lots happening so road show spotlights doing amazing so we'll be at all the um the grooming shows with the spotlight as well so yeah with jewels I think jewels is our new girl with jewels okay great and are you doing some speaking at some of them as well yeah yeah as always yeah yeah fabulous i like talking to people <laughs> i know i do too <laughs> talk too much though <laughs> Now, I love asking everyone this question, but what are your proudest moments in your career? What are the standout, yeah, make you puff out your chest, feel proud moments? really hard, isn't it? Because we're so British. I know. I think for me, one of my proudest moments wasn't getting my high diploma. It was getting my level three because I really, I, I struggled with both of them, but I, I struggled more with my level three because I just didn't know enough I just didn't you know I mean I failed my dogs so many times <laughs> did you <laughs> oh my god it was just dreadful because in you know when I was taking my level three you literally got a sheet of paper with a cross on it where you'd gone wrong and you didn't know well was it too short was it too long was it the wrong shape mm-hmm. what was wrong with it so you literally had to you know go back to the salon hit the books again because figure no, out what you did wrong yeah, yeah. I mean you went honest to god you went to the library and you got a book out I mean wow. that was, and now you can just pop your photo on a schnauzer group for instance ask for people, some folk what so they think I literally just I failed my Westie um three times I oh, failed my gosh, poodle, disheartening I know I failed my poodle twice and I got my Cocker Spaniel the first time, thank God. But not to receive any feedback. At least now I know when I did my sitting guilds, level three, which was three years. No, sorry, it wasn't. When I did my level three, it was 10 years ago. And um, I got a sat, sit down sort of talk through, yeah, you, all, did you know, why you got a point here. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I mean, the feedback that we're expected to give now with the level three is really mm. is really intense. It's, you know, the quality of your feedback is reflective on that student's journey because if they then fail again, then your feedback was rubbish. If mm. they then go on to pass, then that's, that's a sign of a good quality feedback. 
Yeah, they've learned from it. Yeah. Students got clear guidance on where they they know they went long, what they want to improve, what they did well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the job of an examiner is really hard, you know, because you've you're you're under pressure to ensure that that student passes the next time because that's that's what the whole process is about. It's about success. Mm. About success. And I that's- think another one of my proudest moments was I remember when I started competing. Um and I, I can remember going, because we only had a couple of competitions and we literally had Euro Groom and Groomer of the Year. And I can remember thinking to myself, the day I get asked to judge at Groomer of the Year is the day that I've made it. Do you know what I mean? I kind of yeah, say, yeah. whenever I get good enough that they actually ask me to judge this, then I will, I will die a happy woman. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, I've judged Groomer of the Year three times now. And yeah, I've just been like, I can't, I can't actually believe I, I that they asked me to do this. When you look back at that young yeah. Julie, yeah, with the quaking I scissors, know, I, know, <laughs> I know. And the first, the first dog I ever won with, the pictures of me are hysterical because I'm just like so shocked. Oh I'm my like, gosh! When I look at my early wins, I am like a Cheshire cat. Like I'm not. I'm like the like, all of them. What the hell happened? How did this happen? <laughs> so funny. Oh, that's lovely. Um, and I think the other time was when um, I got asked to talk and um, uh, to speak and judge in Vegas. So I did that quite a few years, um, about four years ago now. Oh, that's uh, really special. Yeah, as well. that was really special. Mm. That was really nice. So, uh, so I think they're kind of like my career proudest moments. Definitely. Yeah, making waves across the pond. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> So in this episode's Breed Focus, we're just going to talk about the Briard. Now, we've heard about the breed already a little bit. Yeah. They are both a herding and a guarding breed. The Briard was bred to round up but also protect flocks. So originating in France, this very old breed is also referred to as the Chien Berger de Brie or the Sheepdog of Brie. There's evidence of this breed in tapestries around the era of Charlemagne, um, who was actually a holy emperor of Rome. I don't know who, who he was, by the way, guys. So uh, in around the year 747 to 814, so really old. This versatile working dog was also used in World War I by troops to carry ammunition, relay messages, and as a medic dog. They are really heavily boned, large dogs with very large feet, characterized by that beautiful coat. But what are they like to live with, Julie? Do they have massive feet? And with all that hair, are they constantly bumping into you, stepping on your feet with the big size tens? Well, that's exactly what they do. They do tread on you a hell of a lot. But actually <laughs> mentioning something about the um, they used to carry ammunition, we nearly lost the breed in the wars because so many of them were sadly killed. Yeah, and they and so, people stopped owning them after that, didn't yeah, they, as well? They did. And they used to also say that if a Briard passed a soldier by, then there was kind of like no hope for him. But if if they stopped and they were insistent, then that 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 person, you know, was still alive and, and had hope to live. So they were just yeah. um, you know, they're they've got really um big hearts. And also from points you've said, they seem like they're like uber intelligent as well. Oh, they are very intelligent. I mean, I know they've kicked off a couple of times during this, but they don't, they're not, they are noisy dogs, but they're noisy for a reason. Um, they might be noisy for the reason that if the man at number five farts and they hear him, they're going to tell everybody <laughs> about it. But they're just learning. You know. Yeah. We, we live in quite a small close. There's just 16 houses in our close and we live at the end of it. So we, 
um, at the beginning rather. So we see everything come in and everything go out. And, uh-huh. and so do your dogs. <laughs> they have to tell you about it. Yeah. Literally, they have to tell you about it. But um, but not that many months ago, we had, stupidly enough, we had an intruder in the garden. Did they wake us up? No. No. I can't believe it. They actually, and the stupid thing was, right, my husband had gone downstairs early in the morning um, and he'd let, we, we've got a springer. Um, it's my son's springer, but we keep, we have her here quite a bit. And she'd been wussing. So he let her out into the garden, let her back in again, and then noticed the intruder in the garden. <gasps> And I said to him, why didn't you let the briards out? And he was like, oh, my God, no. He said, they might have got hurt. <laughs> so I'm like, what's the point in having three great briards? If you're terrified to let them near a burglar. No, they might have got hurt. And I do get it because if he'd have Yeah, no, I do because, knife, yeah, in the current knife, that's, yeah. Yeah, so my husband just shouted at this bloke and, and just literally told him to you know get out the garden and he was trying to climb fences and things and you know so yeah it was uh but yeah wouldn't let the briards out in case they got hurt but the funny thing is is with the ones we've got um indy the bitch is probably the one that would have done something the boys would have been very vocal but they wouldn't have they wouldn't have uh done anything they'd have kept their distance can you see those guarding tendencies in them then oh 100 percent. i mean they they're they're not they're great they're an amazing family dog, so they they guard the family. They they adore my grandchildren. They you know won't let any harm come to anybody. Mm. But there there is like an exclusion zone around you when you're out. Anything comes within six feet, um, and they they literally you know they they're not friendly to strangers. No, they, never, I did read when I was reading up about them because I don't know much about the Briard other than you know. To give them a haircut. Well, yeah. not a haircut, but, you know, fast well, and blow dry. Yeah. Um, but I read that they're quite aloof. Yeah, they can be. They adore adore their people and they're incredibly fiercely loyal. Um, my husband was ill a few years ago and um, and one of my briars never never got off the bed. Right. Literally, wow. they were like, this is, he's not, he, if he's in here, so am I. You know what I mean? So they're, fiercely loyal they're absolutely beautiful I mean I just fell in love with them on the day I walked into the kennels when I was 16 years old mm. and I've owned them since I was 18 I I, I, I worry sometimes that I'm gonna there's gonna be a point where because they're big and they yeah that they're, they're gonna be a bit much for you they're yeah. gonna be a bit much for me but I think I've got a couple left in me before I have to downsize to a Tibetan terrier <laughs> I was just about to do you know what that's so funny I'm just about to say you're gonna downsize to a Tibetan terrier no, oh my god, I couldn't put up with that noise. <laughs> temperaments. I always have a small dog in my pack, so mm. I've I've got the three briards and I've got a little Brussels Griffin. Yeah, I find it teaches them um, good manners, so they they know that they can't go around just honking and mowing things down. Yeah, yeah. So, and the Griffin, they're terrified of the Griffin. If she, <laughs> if she's on the couch or she's on the bed or something, and they try and get up. She's like a little viper. Yeah, she's, she's like down. absolutely not. So yeah, so they're lovely. And and as I said, um, you know, to you before, you'll never go to the toilet without a briard. I can remember when I lost my beautiful face. Um, I came downstairs and my husband's I was in floods of tears and mm. it was a wee while after we'd lost her you know a few weeks mm. and he said to me oh my god what's ever wrong and I just said to him I've just been to the toilet by myself oh. <laughs> and he was like oh my god sorry you know but yeah, yeah. They, they are they, they're very devoted 
and they're you know they're highly intelligent you know you can do almost anything with them I've done yeah. agility with my mm-hmm. bitches because the boys are a bit too heavy but I've done agility with the bitches I've done rally with my one of my dogs um done obedience with them yeah they're great they're wow. real good all round dogs. And, uh, yeah I did read that how versatile they are so oh, it shows that they're so versatile yeah but then really. that's probably with the mind isn't it you know it they've is. got you that know, bright mind so you've got to keep them busy you mm. have they're not like I wouldn't say they're like a border collie you know border collies you know will wreck your house if you don't you know keep them busy um they're not like that they're quite happy to chill they're happy to chill but you know you only have to pick up a couple of treats and ask one of them to sit or something and they're all there going right what do you want me to do and they kind of go through their whole repertoire without you asking them they all stand up out comes the paw then they turn to the left they turn to the right then they go and grab a toy or something they're like oh what is it what does it want us to do And as they they sound lovely. Yeah, as they get older, I tend to teach them tricks rather than anything, you know, too energetic. So we'll just teach really silly little tie the mind. Yeah, great, great idea. Keep their minds active. So I I do that on rainy days. I always think that my Dobie, she hated the rain. She wouldn't even go out for a wee. She would hold it all day rather than going in the garden. Really? Yeah. She did not like going for a walk when it was raining or even going out for a wee. So we'd play games inside. And I've got loads of those interactive board games, you know, with the we had, we've got loads of them at home. Obviously I've lost her now. Bless her. She was an old dog when she passed away though. But, um, but she loved it. Rainy days. We'd just sit down on the floor. It was lovely bonding time and just playing a game together. And yeah, yeah. she was, she was uber intelligent. And I think if you just keep that brain working, then they're, they're kind of in tune with you. And it's like every time you, you get up and leave a room, they'll follow you. Mm. They'll kind of go, are we doing anything? What's happening? Where are we going? What are you doing? Oh, you're just going to put the kettle on. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'll wait yeah. with you. Just in case <laughs> something happens. They yeah. are. They're, they're adorable. But yes, they, so do, lovely. they do definitely tread on your feet, which is a pain in the arse. <laughs> and they, they lie. They're so big when they're lying on the floor. But you know, you and wherever when you go to step over them, they always get up. <laughs> it's like you think they're asleep, and you think I'm just. And then, we, and then we've leaped over. back to that uh, stifle moving leg lifting <laughs> scenario <laughs> <Yeah>. again. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Now we're at the end of episode nineteen. I'm going to finish off by asking Julie my quick fire questions. So, oh, are you ready, right, Julie? Okay. Okay, go for it. <laughs> okay, dog food of choice. Uh, Rogers. Yeah. Fave place to walk. Uh, we live opposite uh, the local reservoir, so I love the reservoir. Number of dogs under your roof? Uh, five. If you were a dog, what breed would you be? I don't know. Briard. I'd like to be a Briard. Yeah, well, they say that you... Yeah. I think you've lived together for such yeah. a long time you're probably I'm the same person now aren't you yeah not <laughs> anyway <laughs> so what's your favorite holiday destination um i think the lake district i adore the lake mm, me too I love the lakes. It's beautiful yeah and your worst nightmare dog breed to own what would it be um i've had a chinese crested hairless and that was not she for was you adorable. well she was adorable but all she did was Pissed everywhere and shit behind oh, the couch. Oh gosh! Oh. <laughs> and she used to pee in all the dog beds. You know, you oh no, clean beds down, and the briards would be sitting on the floor, and you go, "Why are you not in your beds?" And yeah, go, she's pissing them all again. Actually, right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. I would never ever own another Chinese crested. Oh, oh my gosh! That's I've funny. actually known her to jump on my dining room table and pee in my fruit bowl. 
No. <laughs> oh my days. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know why, but she was that. I mean, I know, I know dogs that that do that, that wee in other dogs' beds, and they yeah. can be a bit, you know, pissy pants. Yeah. But oh my god, <laughs> she sounds. I couldn't. Have, yeah. You see, I've never rehomed it. I don't know how I'd cope with that because how do you live with that? Well, she, you know, you just did. You just learn to push the chairs in. You just learn to throw. Don't eat them. anything out when people yeah. come around. Don't eat and anything then, out of the fruit bowl. And also, silly things like you got to think for her. So, you know, it was like, oh, we go. So, Questy been out. How long? When did you last put her out? Or oh, two hours ago? Right, shove her out again. So it's like a puppy all yeah. the time. Like yeah. like a, like a puppy until she. Yeah. I think she died at about fifty. <laughs> I'm not going to lie though, but I think poodles are quite hard to, small poodles, yeah. they're quite hard to train. Well, they do say if you own a Yorkie, you'll always have a poopy on the couch. <laughs> they do. It's true though. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my husband's a window fitter and he said um, the other day he went to a house with a chap and he was upstairs and he was like, what's that? It's like the crusty old poos everywhere in this house. <laughs> oh no. It's... <laughs> It's awful. Because they really are. But yeah, so worst night yeah. free trial would be a Chinese festive. Yeah, definitely for me. Be... Body, but for me, it was. Yeah, I think having kids, I couldn't, I couldn't cope with that. No, no. So that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining me and Julie Harris. Julie can be found on Instagram at Julie Harris Education. Make sure you check out her page and what she's up to. It's uh, fascinating. You always put little tidbits of fascinating information oh, yes. on there. It's really good. Lots, lots of tips, lots of tips. And also you're on Facebook and ensure that you try and check out some of Julie's seminars sometime soon. I have been to a few myself and I can speak from experience when I say that they are so fascinating. I took so much away. Absolutely love them. Julie, you're an amazing speaker. Now, thank you to everybody for listening and please don't forget to rate, share and most importantly, subscribe to Pod on the Dog. A big thank you to Natural Instinct for sponsoring this episode. If you fancy changing your dog to a natural and fuss-free way of feeding a raw diet, make sure you head over to their website and apply that discount code, Brody15. Now that's a bye from us. Bye. Bye.